saluto a tutti. Ciao Juventini, what is going on? We've got our post-match podcast and unfortunately not a victory, but we are very <laughs> fortunate to welcome back our friend Frankie, all right? Uh, my man Francisco, been way too long, all right? Way too long. I'm very happy to have you back. I wish the circumstances were a victory, but nonetheless, <laughs> we're going to see. Frankie's, Frankie's still part of the AJC, always has been, all right, but he's doing his thing and he's doing very, very well. I like to watch from afar, just kind of like you're watching, watching over the AJC from afar. How are you doing, brother? Um, I'm doing really good. Obviously, not that we saw that we wanted. <laughs> I, would, I would have liked to come back on a winning note, but uh, it is what it is. Fino alla fine. We, we don't go away just because we're tired. We keep we keep coming back. That's right, man. Good or bad, thick or thin, we are here uh, always, and we're gonna hash it out. Uh, I'm gonna say what's up to uh, everybody here in the AJC Army. Look at the chat. Uh, this is usually uh, quite normal under these circumstances when it's a match where we all feel should have uh, finished with uh, three points. Unfortunately, doesn't go that way. We're going to hash through everything. I do got to get the housekeeping out of the way. Obviously, we're the official voice and channel of the North American official fan clubs of Juventus. Please join your local fan club, even if you are outside of North America, because they all do fantastic work. All right. For everybody tuning into this podcast on your audio outlets, what the hell are you waiting for? Get over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, all right? And for everybody with us right now, like the video, okay? Show some love and uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Now, we are going to get to everything that was Genoa and Juventus. So, we'll kick it off with the starting lineups, Frankie. I didn't have any problems with this. So, we had the little surprise there with uh, Rabio. Ended up not being good to go. And we ended up having to get uh, Miretti into the game. Now, as far as everything else in the lineup, pretty status quo. Chesney in goal. Gatti, Bremer, Danilo as he has returned. Um, Cambiasso and McKenney continuing on the right side. Locatelli in the heart of the midfield, like we mentioned. Miretti. Then you have Kostic with Chiesa and Vlaovic up top. Absolutely zero issues with the lineup. I mean, outside of trying to go with some youngsters or anything in there, but, uh, you know, you would hope, you would hope you could get a lead or something in this game and be able to make uh, some substitutions or whatnot. But any issues with the starting lineup, uh, Frankie? No, it's, it's been really standard. The, the only changes we have seen... In the lineup is uh, obviously we had the Rabio uh, situation, but that's something that happens. So I'm not that angry at that at all. So it's just the lineup. The only changes we have seen throughout the season has been the wingbacks. Sometimes Allegri uh, changes wingbacks. Mm -hmm. He has played McKenny as a wingback, but in, in this game, I I was good with the with the lineup. We got we had King injured, and that's something that maybe you could have argued at the beginning of the game if he was fit, he could have played because he normally does sometimes good in these kind of games in which there's space and and there was space in the, in, in this game, 
But I, no argue for me in the lineup. We're playing the same guys. We don't have to play in, in Europe. So we're playing our best guys in, in Serie A, that, which is an advantage, obviously. Yeah. So we've got uh, some uh, mixed feelings already as we are going to tackle the game. Blame for me is on Allegri from RB Comps. Mark saying I wouldn't blame Allegri. He has no bullets in the midfield. So, all right. All right. Well, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get no. to uh, the game. We're going to get to uh, the highlights and uh, figure out uh, where Frankie and I stand because I think we're going to maybe go at it a little bit in terms of our play <laughs> and uh, what we deserve and what's coming. But uh, it kicks off with, uh, I was very surprised. I thought Genoa would be holding back a little bit more. I, was ex- I, I wasn't expecting them to come into this game and play as wide open as they did. For yeah. me... That needs to be advantage Juventus if a team's going to play like that with us. we That all of a sudden takes away the low block. It doesn't force us to absolutely have to play through the middle. This should have been advantageous for us. Unfortunately, we could not make it an advantageous scenario. However, we still had our moments and the better moments throughout the game in, you know, if we're looking at it, 13th minute, we have Chiesa working with Cambiasso inside the area. He takes the ball deep. Genoa has absolutely collapsed, okay, on this moment. Everybody's practically in right in front of their goal to under. He decides he's going to try to surprise him and shoot this thing from that angle, awful angle. Um, Would have been spectacular if he made it however it didn't end up going in and it looked bad because he had Dusan Vlaovic sitting at the top of the area unmarked because Genoa had completely collapsed once Kesa took the ball deep there that's a that's a pretty bad decision that's a tough that's- one and I love Federico Chiesa but <laughs> his decision making yesterday I thought was pretty rough pretty rough yeah that it, it was it, it, it was bad it was bad it, it was a bad decision especially in a game which you still don't have the result you can maybe have those moments where you're winning two zero three zero maybe you can be a little more hungry for scoring but at that time of the game you need to get the score especially when you know how you play <laughs> yeah there's no surprise we need those goals so I, I I was pretty disappointed with that situation. Yeah, I was very very uh, upset at that. Uh, just a you, you can't you can't be making calls like that. Um, there's got to be a high, and there was a higher percentage option available. You've got to, you've got to take those. Um, now we get to uh, eight minutes later. Chiesa makes up for it. A beautiful ball played in Vlaovic. We're talking inside the six, inside the six, and this thing almost leaves the stadium. Um, <laughs> that has to be finished. It has to be finished. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm expecting most strikers, not even top dollar strikers, to put away chances like that. I understand the bounce. I understand all this, but... 
that's that's gotta that's gotta gotta at least force the keeper to do something insane that has to that has to go in Frankie? yeah but at, at, of course that that's a goal you you have to score that if if you want to be considered a top scorer in in any league you have to score the, those kind of, of situations but like i i would I'm gonna say this a lot. This, <laughs> this spot. Um, are you surprised that he missed that? I was no. Not, I was not surprised. I was not surprised because of the in in the situation that Valvek is, and the way that he's having to score every chance that he has because he has no service. And he's frustrated. You see it. And every time he scores, he screams with all his might because he knows that he's probably not going to scream sometime in some time later. But because the, the situation, I'm not surprised. He needs to score those goals. And the problem is that sometimes he gets frustrated. He missed that. And then we lose him the rest of the game. And, and Allegri keeps bouncing back on that. But... <clears throat> I'll just say this. In this situation, he has to score that. If we look at the situation without context, he needs to score that. But I'll say this. I was not surprised that he missed that. At all. At all. Well, I'm not surprised based on what we've seen because he's missed <laughs> a lot. And I get that, uh, you know, the service isn't as much, as plentiful as people want to see it. But for me, you still, you've got to be mentally more checked in and strong and be able to capitalize when those chances do come. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, you know, I can see both sides to this thing, but uh, it, it's just so much more. How does that factor in with the PKs that he's missed? Now he doesn't. Now Chiesa stepped up, so we'll get to that because that was actually a good play. So he, he got fortunate he pounced on it. This was four minutes later. Awful giveaway at the back from Genoa. Uh, Vlaovic pounces on it, plays a nice forward pass on Chiesa, who makes a great diagonal run in behind him. Chiesa, the smart move, knowing exactly what he's doing in that scenario. Just touching the ball, pack. He's going to absorb that uh, contact, and he's going to earn the PK. He does. Vlaovic, I said this the last time. You're off PKs to ease the pressure. Let someone else step up and take it, and it's theirs until they miss. Rotate it with three. Okay? Have three shooters and keep it in rotation. Once somebody misses... It's next man up. And that way, at least another guy has missed before you've gone up. It should clear your mind. Okay, now it's my turn. But Chiesa, that's how you take a PK, man. Pick a spot. Absolutely rip it. He did also send the keeper the wrong way. 1-0 up Juventus. Okay, so, okay, let's go. And, and, and I saw the comments that people are like, oh, now Vlaovic is scared to take the PKs. Don't worry about it. Just... Let's keep moving. I do believe he should have been off with uh, that current, uh, just the form and everything. But if he can't figure it out, like, I don't see this team getting 25 to 30 opportunities a game. So if we're talking about service, now all of a sudden, I'm going to say 
can I divert your attention to the midfield, please? If we're going to, you know, like, it ain't happening. It ain't happening unless you've got a team parking the bus that we get 30 opportunities a game because that happened against Verona, and I think we came close against Gallieri. Unless teams park it, this team is not capable of putting up that kind of, those kind of opportunities. And I will make a crazy comparison later on with a past Juventus team that we always like to talk about and shine some light on, okay? So I've got some numbers that I found very interesting, okay? But we go up 1-0, okay? And uh, from there, I will say, we did have uh, this PK. You can also say that why no yellow card? Because people were at, like, should the keeper not get a yellow here? This referee was definitely subject to some heat from uh, fans and whatnot. What did you think of Massa's performance as uh, the official in this one? Uh, it, uh, I didn't factor it in in the game. Hmm. Uh, he let a lot. Sometimes I was like, he's letting that go. I was surprised. Yeah. But I, I don't mind that, man. Uh, I, I prefer referees not trying to stop the game every time i know there were times that we, you probably should have stopped the game or draw up a yellow or something but he i, I don't see him as a, a, a big factor in the game I, I i prefer those kind of games i'm a, a guy that in every sport i like physical i like contact i like a physical play so I, I wasn't I wasn't mad at the refereeing I found but, I, I just found him inconsistent inconsistent in what he did choose to let go and then what he did ended up end up calling I've been saying this for a while um, usually when they try to take up that stance that let him play stance it's you start taking heat for what you do end up calling because and we saw this all over the place uh, in this uh, match. I thought he had a very, very shaky uh, game. I will say this, uh, thoughts on uh, potentially a yellow card there for the keeper. L'Arbitro Nick, our friend, weighed in on this. His overall thoughts on Massa, he said, watching this game from afar, it did appear he was inconsistent on his foul identification. Upon closer replays, it was always hard to vehemently go against his decisions. Juve players were clearly frustrated at times. I think the issue Massa faces is that he has not earned respect and reputation where he gets the benefit of the doubt from the players, like, say, a Colina, Norsato, or a Marciniak. Uh, he was the World Cup final referee. He says, it doesn't help when he makes errors like he did last year in Inter Torino or that call in this game. And we'll, of course, uh, get to it, all right? Um, for this uh, case, PK goes clear, uh, clear penalty kick, but uh, should Genoa's goalkeeper have received a yellow card? In order for this to be a yellow, we would need to identify this play as denial of a goal-scoring opportunity, dog so. A dog so resulting in a penalty would downgrade to a yellow card. However, this was not a dog so and rather a stopping a promising attack. We are missing some criteria for dog so. Direction, Kisa took a big touch out wide and defenders, a Genoa defender was making it to the goal line with every touch. Kisa took, I think, another one would have been able to at least challenge him for the ball if he didn't get tripped. Since this becomes uh, just uh, stopping a promising attack, and is sanctioned with a yellow, it gets downgraded to no card since it was a penalty kick. 
Good work by the ref there. So great explanation there from L'Arbitro Nick, as always, to clarify things. Okay, now we keep it moving. We're 1-0 up, and that was in uh, the 26th minute, 27th minute when Kiesa buries it. To be honest, the rest of the half... Not a whole bunch. A dangerous cross close to the end of half from Genoa that they were able to tap back into the back post. And it looked like Goodmanson was going to smash this thing. And Kostic had run in. And then it looked like he completely backed off. Goodmanson ended up just swiping at the air. We go through. And um, that's kind of it. We get to halftime. We're 1-0 up. I'd like to see more because of how wide open the game was. But man, oh man, was our midfield struggling. Miretti especially, especially. He just couldn't keep the ball and the decisions. We talk about decisions. Left, right, cutting into the traffic rather than keeping the ball progression moving towards open space. A lot of errors there. But uh, man, I thought we're up 1-0. Come out, get get another one, because we should have had two in that half, but get another one, and let's try and uh, get safe here. But whew, not so much the story, Frankie. Not so much the story, right? Uh, they make a change. Ekuban. Ekuban comes in. 47th minute. Holy, we didn't even have to wait long to get this uh, heat, all right? So my plan, yeah. It's thrown out the window immediately. Okay. This was a this was a frustrating goal to watch us concede. Number one, Gatti comes in and smashes the ball at the guy's feet to try and clear it and just clean up everything. And it hits him and deflects right to Ekiban. His control on this was insane, man. Like, I swear to God, that guy could try this moment again a hundred times and not get it. it Maradona. Was, Maradona. It, he, he looked like Maradona on his front. That <laughs> was ridiculous. Okay, so you have Gatti clearing this thing, hits the player that he's trying to clear from. Ekiban, he traps this thing, pops it up, heads it over to Goodmanson, who's free and clear, and it's one of those moments you can... Rag on Danilo, who I do think needs to stay tighter to Ekuban. He got caught ball watching because he banked on that clearance going out. As soon as it hit that uh, player and bounced right to Ekuban and he trapped it, Danilo was dead in the water. Uh, No play he could make on his man. Bremer, oh man, left... Left to the wolves there all alone and split between uh, Ekiban and Goodmanson. Ekiban heads it over and Goodmanson finishes. Um, frustrating goal to watch, man. Uh, your yeah. thoughts on that one? Like, that was just brutal to watch. That that was a screamer. That was a screamer. I was screaming at the, at the TV watching that, that goal. Because that is not something that you count on. It's not a, a goal like if, if Genoa is playing spectacular they were not horrible but they weren't they weren't getting that sometimes we see lesser teams uh, creating chances and chances and chances and you think they're probably score goal you you think that not in this sense uh, they they got their chances they they did have their opportunities 
but they were far in between and they were not as clear. So when you see that somebody gets that chance and, the, and that control, man, that was something else. That, 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 it's so, <laughs> so frustrating, so frustrating, man, infuriating to me, infuriating to me. Nonetheless, we find ourselves 1-1. Um, <clears throat> we got to get to it. We got to get to work. But I got to be quite honest. That start to the second half was just even more flat than I think we looked in the first half. Because I, I can honestly say this Juventus looked soft. They looked soft yesterday. A lot of 50-50s we didn't go in on. Um, and just not sharp here. Soft here. When it comes to the decisions they're making in the game. 50th minute, we got a giveaway right to Chiesa. All alone, the keeper comes out immediately. He tries to flip it over him. You got to find a way here, man. You got to find a way here. I'm sorry. That's a lateral move all day for a forward. If you chip him on that little play, that's great. But you have a defender that's also running behind the keeper at that moment. I'm sorry. That you can't try that. You got to play it safe and go. Who can't? move around a goalkeeper it's like a yeah ball tight to your feet you've got a defender on the back side of him i think kiesa's decision making in the second half was terrible man he gave up the ball he was trying to do too much tony trim said that in our chat earlier and he was spot on he tried to do way too much he was trying to do so much and it ended up making him look bad that's what I think about Kiesa's performance. Do you agree? I agree completely. And and the problem is that when you are uh, the kind of player that Kiesa is, that he knows he's uh, a very important player to, to create chances for Juventus, you bear that responsibility. You, you take that to your heart. You you say, I have to be the guy. And you also see your, your partner struggling because he does have a good relation with, with Vlaovic. And he sees Vlaovic that he's traveling, and he sees that he's not getting probably the service that a striker, a proper striker, wants to receive. And he wants, it's not only about scoring, it's just also to, to, to help him also. So you have double responsibility, and you know that you need to score because you, get, you have chances, you had chances. And when you, have, you combine all that pressure, he he was he tried to be too fancy in that yeah. situation. Sometimes you, you don't need to be fancy, and he got too fancy. And at the end of the day, you need to at least make that chance harder for the defense to defend. Not yeah. as easy. That was too easy for me. Too easy. Yeah. Now, fast forward, Cambiaso, who I would probably say was the closest to a bright spot in this game that we had and it still left a lot to be desired okay so that's saying a lot in yesterday's game but he drives it down the right flank crosses a ball in we got to shout for a handball here we got to shout for a handball here this one we saw the freeze frame everybody everybody has seen the freeze frame okay it's out there when i watch the replay it's not a handball for me because it hits a defender's leg first and then bounces up there and is arm is close 
to a somewhat yeah. natural position for what he's doing. It's closer to a natural position for the movement he's performing than it is not a natural position. So when you factor in those and the fact it deflected off the thigh, for me, it's not a PK. Uh, no. Frankie, you agree? Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and also, I've seen worse. Worse, worse like um, handballs in which the ball hits the leg and it rebounds and, and the hand is really extended and they don't do the PK. And sometimes that has worked in our favor. So when I saw it, I was no, no, don't, don't call that. Obviously, yeah. you want to but and, not like that. Yeah, and Labrador Nick coming in on this one because this one was just ripped apart and thrown that freeze frame image of handball that, you know, everyone knows how I feel when we get into this with referees. Um, you can't leave it in their hands. I will tell you this, City Ad referees are brutal. They're brutal, man. And the VAR, VAR is sketchy at best. Don't leave anything in their hands, okay? But he says on the potential handball, a cross coming in, Genoa defender appeared to touch the ball with his arm as it came into the penalty. The defender's arm is right at the limit, according to uh, Nick, of natural position. His arms are down when the ball is played as well. His arm appears to come up after the ball may have deflected off his leg. Nick couldn't find any angle where he could say definitively it hit his leg or not, but we saw that reverse image from in behind the defender. It hits his leg and bounce upward, so we know that. Now, Nick says if the ball hit his leg first, a no penalty is a supportable call. Be reminded, though, that just because the ball hits the leg first doesn't definitively make it a no-hand ball. Overall, this call is an on-field incident. Whatever the referee decides goes, and there is no obvious error whichever way the referee calls it. But... There have been more harsh handballs uh, called in Italy than that. That is a supportable call by Massa. So there you go. Um, for some of the heck we give to uh, Massa as far as inconsistency, he that was a supportable non-PK call. We got to move on. Now, 72nd minute. Uh, maybe a little PTSD, but Malinowski gets a free kick in a good position, all right? And... Uh, he uh, drills this one, can't get it low enough, all right, so uh, go there. But, yeah, Malinovsky's one of those names that will always ring in your ears. <laughs> yeah. With Atalanta, he, he always used to kill us. I, I, I was like, he, he, he always got the ball, like, not in the area, but close to the area, and nobody was around him. And, I, yeah. and, and every time I was like, oh, here we go. Here <clears> we go. <throat> going to kill us. And, and, and that's his thing. He's not, he, he hasn't been a spectacular player throughout his career when we compare him to the Juventus teams or, or teams in that level. But, man, that cannon he has on his leg. That, yeah. That's yeah, he's got, he can just drill that thing. Now, we move on. We did see some substitutions. One of those substitutions was Keenan Yildiz. Keenan Yildiz got in a uh well, speaking of malinovsky <laughs> this challenge was bad and yildiz was fortunate that his leg wasn't planted at the time that this challenge comes in and i think that makes it look less less, less bad yeah less bad. to massa probably who ends up making the decision but 
We got to talk about it. Labrador Nick says result. It was a yellow, but possible red card in this uh, tackle. He says, you know, um, here are the considerations. Uh, because studs on the leg isn't always automatic red. There needs to be excessive force. So we look at the considerations. One, did he have studs up? Yes. Yes. Very much yeah. so. Um, extended his leg, Malinowski? Yes. Point of contact. Was it above the ankle? Yes. Yes, it was. Okay, so he hits all those. The fourth consideration is speed and force. Was the force used excessive and endanger the safety of Yildiz? The Genoa player, Malinowski, sprinted full speed from more than 10 yards away going into this challenge. You can even see in the replays, okay, quads flex completely contracted at the point of contact indicating the amount of force that was used. There is clear excessive force here. And Nick says to me, Every consideration is hit very obviously. Massa was right on top of the play as well. VAR had every piece of information to help Massa. He saw this as a huge blunder by Massa. This needs to be a red all day. Nick does uh, say this may not affect the outcome, which I don't think it would have. It was in uh, 80th plus. Um, and uh, he said... But a player needs to be sent off here. Otherwise, players will learn um, to not go into challenges like that. What happens when that ends up being uh, Chiesa or a player of that caliber and his leg is actually planted and a challenge like this comes in? Nick says, to me, protecting the players on a play like this is more important than getting a call right or wrong and having it change the game. Absolutely. Can't argue with anything that Nick said there. That's a clear red. It's a clear red. That, that, that was a red card. That was a red card. How we were playing Horrendous. wouldn't have changed. Horrendous. Wouldn't have changed if we lose, if Malinovsky leaves at that point. You know, you can never say never. Obviously, we can't. it's speculation because minutes left and whatnot, one man oh, up. But I, I'm, I'm quite I, confident. Quite confident. Okay, 99.9% confident it wouldn't have changed the outcome. Okay, now, 88th minute, we get a uh, corner. It is flicked back to the back post. I thought this was in. Bremer was running in like a freight train. <clears throat> Tries to settle it, hits his thigh, and the keeper ends up being able to flip that out. That was... The moment where, yes, we could have stolen it. We would have been happy that we stole it. But ultimately, I think we did just enough to get a draw because we weren't ruthless enough in front. I know that everybody in this game, it's, it's all based out of frustration. But now, 1-1, it ends there. And everything we hear is Game plan, playing style, plan B. We have none of that. That's why this result happened. Frankie, take us through your thoughts now that we've tackled all the talking points, the highlights. Was it a game plan problem? Was it a play style problem? Was it not having plan B? What was it for you? Are we? I think it was make sure without with the form 
of the team offensively and also the players, the players. And, and when I say the form offensively of the team, we need to be clear, uh, when we started this season, I didn't have any hopes of having a more offensive uh, Juventus team. I, I, I thought we're gonna play defensively, we're gonna try to steal every game, we're not gonna play a great offense, that, that's not going to happen. And that has, been, that has been the norm throughout the season. So when you put yourself in a situation in which you don't have any margin forever because you're winning every game 1-0, maybe 2-0 at most, these games are go going to happen. If you're playing good football, I, I don't like saying good football because I don't think there's bad football. I just think there are styles that you execute. But when you're playing that kind of defensive football, and no offensive football or no order in your offense. When you have a bad game in which you are not perfect offensively with the decision-making, these things are going to happen. This does not absolve the players of blame. They play atrocious, I'll say it like that. They were not playing good, but I think that this is part of, the, of a problem that we're not putting the players on a good system or a system that uh, derives on winning by playing offensively. We see these players, the same players, go to their national teams and play good or have games in which they do play good. And, and I'll, say, I'll say this. It's easy to say Juventus has a horrendous midfield. And, and, and I've seen this shown on social media. Oh, we have a, a horrible midfield, a horrible midfield. I don't think we had that bad of a midfield. That's just me. I think that the style is not helping us. I, I always die. I lose uh, years of my life when I see Allegri take out a midfielder to put another striker when you know at that moment that you are not getting <coughs> nothing. You're not getting past the, the half the pitch, half of the, of the pitch, because Ju Juventus don't have the, the circulation the movement, the, the, the chances created by the midfield because their system is not in place. And, and even though I, I was, I'll be the first one to say it, the players weren't good, the decision-making was bad. But this is the result when you don't give yourself a margin for error and you keep playing a style of football in which you are getting the results, that's all good, but you're not... Uh, creating a, a good uh, style in which players can develop and play offensively. Because when these teams, these kind of teams like Genoa, who know how to suffer, play you hard, you're going to have problems. And that's so, what happened. There's a lot to <clears throat> kind of break down here, almost into different scenarios. Number one, I was always on the front of protecting the players, maybe overprotecting the players, especially our midfield. And I thought, no, this isn't that bad a midfield. I'm sorry, but this is another piece of evidence of them not being able to impose themselves or do what they need to do, which is their job. And that is support our forwards. That is support our strikers. That is help with the service. They can't do it. They fall flat on their face. For me, this midfield doesn't even have a creative player in it, period. 
It doesn't. Miretti is what we're hoping is that guy. But he hasn't been able to turn that. Rabio, there's mention here from Mark saying, <clears throat> hopefully the Rabio Hairs watched closely yesterday. He may have his limitations, but he is our best midfielder. Number one, I do think he would have helped. But would he have helped with what we needed the most yesterday, which was the creation? That's his limitation for me. We don't have that guy who will grab the bull by the horns, take reins of that game, and say, I want to be on the ball. I want to dictate what happens. Chiesa, yet again, yet again, Chiesa gave the best ball in out of our team when he dropped back and he put that cross into two players that were running onto it. That was one of our big chances missed uh, by obviously Dushan on that particular moment. Yet again, Federico Chiesa giving a key ball and our midfield. I don't think one of them had a key pass. I was looking through the numbers. I didn't see a key pass from Loka. I didn't see one from McKenny. Maybe McKenny had one. I don't think so. And Moretti didn't have a key pass either. So yet again, for me, I've seen enough this season that this is a game while everybody wants to talk about, the majority of people want to talk about play style, game planning, all this. Where's your plan B? This game yesterday didn't need a plan B. It The play style, the game plan wasn't a problem in this game yesterday. Okay? And <clears throat> I'll run you through this. But when I see this, our players are in a position to get the job done. All right? When I see numbers like this, and I'm going to... Just track them because my phone ended up uh, shutting down because I was uh, taking too long. But uh, here but, we go. But, you yeah, have 57% possession for Juventus in favor of Juventus. 11 total attempts for both teams. Except Juve's, 10 out of those 11 opportunities were inside the area. Okay? Not to mention the countless number of times... We made simple, basic errors that took away moments that could have even been opportunities, okay? And at the end of the day, their big chance that Genoa had still, like we said, a little bit fluky because of a clearance that literally bounces off a player and falls right to mother. Outside of that, they didn't even have a big chance created. And Juve still finishes this game with three big chances and two of them missed. For me, <clears throat> this game, the play, the game plan, all of that, these guys were set up to win this game. And ultimately, for me, nobody other than the players fell flat on their faces. And the substitutions that were made Nobody came in there and had any kind of impact whatsoever. I, I, I agree. I, no, if we talk about this game, just this game. If we're talking about just this game, I completely agree. Because the players were not good. And the decision-making was not good at all. And, and I totally understand that. And, and, and I, I don't want to be the guy defending the players because they don't need to be defended today. 
But I'll, I'll say this. If we talk about the entire season, and I'm trying to go to the root of the problem, not just this game, because this, this game is just uh, the result of a bigger problem that we have throughout this season. We have been getting the results, and nobody's talking. I said, and I've been talking about this since the beginning of the season. We need, we needed a different coach. That I understand. We need to keep Allegri economically. Yeah, I know that. But we did needed a different coach because we have a lot of players that needed development, offensive development. And I'm sorry when you see the names on the list. I know that they play horrendous yesterday. This midfield is not is not supposed to be this bad. It's not. I'm sorry. It is not. And we have seen them play good. And and I know it's easy to say, oh, they they are just not putting the effort. They're not playing good enough. They're not juvenile level, like a lot of people like to say. But then we see them later. They go to another club. They pre they play good. They they play in their national team. They play good. Do we see them with this team sometimes going forward? And they look good. So if we keep seeing midfielders added to the to the team, because not we cannot say that every midfielder that we have added is bad. Is they that they don't work? No, no, no. I think that the problem is you're not getting a system in which you can develop midfielders. They don't know where to be where to be at. I don't see clarity in passing. I don't, I don't see movement. I, I I get emotional when, when I see I want to touch and move because I, I never see it. And that's my problem. It's easy to say to sit here today and just critique the players. But but I'll say always this. The, the, if you have more power, you have more responsibility. You have more authority, you have more <coughs> responsibility. So Allegri is the coach. And the players look like crap. So at some point, you we need to say the results are good. Obviously, we love to be at the in the Scudetto race, but we ain't playing good. And and the results are hiding the problem. I okay. So for me, I've never in my life, in all my years of playing, come off the pitch. If I've had an absolute shithouse game <laughs> and said, this is on you, coach, because we play this way, because we do. No, I've never oh. done that once in my life. Okay. Oh. These guys, sense. these guys need to all man up. Enough is enough. Okay. I, I'm sorry, but yes, they go so, some, some. And I would challenge that all of our players go somewhere and excel or whatnot. But right now, this game, looking at this game, this was symbolic of something that has happened consistently through the season. So while a lot are asking for change of style, change of whatever, I'm not so certain anything really needs to change other than these guys picking up their socks and starting to get after it. I saw so many opportunities yesterday. Our midfield, 
sadly, the only one that wanted the ball yesterday that was trying to get there, that was yelling, that was screaming, that was pointing at his feet, that was getting infuriated with his teammates, who wouldn't even have the confidence to try and thread a ball to him through two players, okay, in those lanes. I saw Kostic pass him up three times in quick succession, leading to him being furious. I saw Danilo uh, look him over a bunch of times. I saw Locatelli look him over a bunch of times. And this was Miretti. Sadly for us, Miretti was on a shocker. So it probably wouldn't have amounted to much anyways, because then he did end up getting a ball and he couldn't keep it for the life of him yesterday. However, then Danilo, Brammer, Gatti, these guys end up with the ball at their feet far too much, okay? If I'm a midfielder and I'm on a team and I don't want, I get PTSD, man, when I play even to this day, when my defenders are messing around with the ball too much, I'm like, no, no, no. I come back if I have to come back, give me the damn ball. I want our midfield to demand that ball and start moving it properly, and then the amount of times we get it, and it's Danilo on the left side, and I saw this a bunch of times. For Christ's sake, your player just dropped a cross in from the end line, okay? The ball pops out to Danilo. He doesn't even have the wherewithal to figure if we just came out of this corner, okay? The, tra the traffic's going to be here. I'm going to turn one quick hip shift, and I'm going to lateral this ball and we're gonna just take the space have a little bit of time regroup he puts the ball right back into the shit we got out of Kostic there's no way he's gonna get onside when he just crossed the ball in from the end line and it's simple simple plays like this that show me we've got the wrong guys trying to pull the strings and for the love of god nobody in that midfield wants to give their goddamn nuts a squeeze and say, I want to be that guy and grab the ball and start moving it properly or try to generate. It's, it's infuriating to watch these guys, but I'm having a tough time shifting this to anything more in a game that was wide open. We want to talk game plan, strategy, all this, okay, in this game, goes out the window because they played it wide open and they played it physical and aggressive and Juve was trying to be cute. They were soft. They were not the they were not where they needed to be. For me, a game plan strategy, that's more of a problem if a team's going to clamp down against Juventus because then it forces us in through the middle even more. Then those one twos that are like unicorns now for us, uh, Frankie, that's when those become critical. But who's going to make those plays? I saw only a few yesterday. Chiesa tried a few and Cambiasso tried a few. I'm saying, I don't think the quality. I think we are overrating quite a bit, I think. I think I've personally been guilty of holding guys up a little bit higher than maybe we should be. That's just how uh, I feel. That's what pissed me uh, off the most about the game yesterday. I have a question for you. Would you say, would you say <clears throat> that uh, every top 10 uh, 
team in Serie A have a better midfielder, a better midfielder? <clears throat> Milan, absolutely not. But Milan plays like shit too. Um, Napoli, I would actually say their their midfield is much more efficient than ours. And based on what they can do last year, they have players that can do things our guys don't even think of. Inter, it's not even close in the midfield. No, it's not. It's not even close. Um, who else? Are my, Roma's. I think Roma's team sucks personally, and they're lucky to get the points that they're getting because their back line, their back line's garbage too. But, in the sense of, do you think Roma has a bad midfield? Not about. I'm not talking about <clears> performing. How they're performing right now? I think their Obviously midfield is. Oh, I think their midfield is okay for the league, but I think we're where we should be at second place on the heels of Inter, based on who we have. Do you do you think Fiorentina have a better midfield than us? No, but the, our players, okay, should have taken advantage in that moment, and they couldn't. They couldn't figure no. out that Fiorentina in a two-man pivot. They couldn't figure out that if they bomb forward as Mitsalas, I'm not going to get the ball because I'm just getting ruled out by their two pivots who were junk, by the way. It was Artur and Mandragora, and we made them look like showstoppers. Do you think that Monza have a better midfield than us? And, and I'm not... I'm saying this, and I'm... I'm I'm asking you, I'm not only asking you, I'm asking the people in the chat. Because I just don't think that we have a worse, a, a horrendous midfield. I think that we're looking worse. I, I'm, I, know I, get, I get the point. I get what you're trying to say is that it's not working against, but this is a prime example. Every game is kind of its own unique thing because not all teams play the same. Genoa mirrored us in a 3-5-2. I expected low block. With those outsides. That wasn't the case whatsoever. And they got after it. Our midfield, if our midfield is in fact better than Genoa's, which I would say it is. It It at least, it should be. It is. I think it is. But was that yesterday on anything else other than the players not beating the man across from them and doing a better job? Yesterday? Did the game plan let Yesterday, our midfield down? No, no, no. I, 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 I've been saying, if we're talking about yesterday, I'll back everything you just have said. And and I'll say this. What you said about a, a player coming up, not saying that the, it's the coach's fault, I 100 agree with you. 100%. It don't matter. Any player should not have that the mentality to just say, not only with the coach, with your teammates, you should not be saying, I didn't perform because my teammate is bad. And if that is your mentality, you will lose not only in sports, but in life. Because you need to be accountable for your situation and, and how you are in life. I 100% agree with that. But I'll say this. We keep seeing the same kind of performances from our midfield, obviously not as bad as yesterday, but the kind of the type of performances, <clears throat> we don't see a midfield that links up, that a midfield that controls, that yeah. dominates, mm-hmm. 
that is able to create chances for our forwards. And when you continue to see this, each and every game, at some point, that will come back and bite us in the ass. And it did yesterday against a team that, yes, they were more intense there us, than us. They wanted it more. I'll say, it, I'll say it like that. They wanted the game more because they were performing as if they needed those points more than Juve. We were more complacent and we were horrendous in our decision making. What I'm just trying to, <clears throat> to say so that people watching us and listening to us understand, when you are put in an environment that favors something or, or an environment that does not uh, wants you to, to, to do something better, to perform better at some point, you need to move yourself from that environment. Players cannot move themselves from that environment because they play for Juve. And I just, I'm just saying, I keep seeing the same time. It don't matter the results. The results are good. I, I'm happy that we're in second place. Obviously, I wanted to be first, but I think that we're in a good, a, a good place right now. But at some point, we need to see this, this style and the environment of Juventus and say, the players are not playing well. Yes, they need to take the responsibility, but as a club, what can we do to make a better environment in which players develop? Because player, players, at least offensively, are not developing. The only players that are developing are defenders. Those I... are the only ones. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. The forwards, for me, they're not starving. They're not starving, okay? There's, for me, and what we saw yesterday is not the first time we've seen it. It's everybody's interpretation of why they're struggling. For me, it all stems from the middle of the field because the middle of the field affects you defensively and it affects you offensively. The problem with our midfield is that it can only support properly the defensive side. It does not have the capabilities to issue the key passes, the game-breaking moments that we need, okay? If I'm looking at our forwards, they still have opportunities. They still have opportunities. I'm going to give everybody something I found extremely, extremely interesting because we talk a lot about our midfield. We talk about our players. We talk about teams of the past we talk about a coach that was able to do so much even though he had Pirlo and whatnot I'm gonna hit you with some numbers okay this is this current season 12 shots on average for Juventus okay we have a 58% clean sheet rate okay uh, but 12 shots on average uh, sorry sorry 50 yeah 58% clean sheet 12 shots on average and a conversion rate of 12%. The conversion rate is only at 12% because we don't have, you know, well, that's actually high because we're not getting a lot of numbers and everything. If you're looking at 13, 14 Juventus, which was a very strong side, okay? Didn't have the, it got a boost there in striking for sure. 12 shots on average, conversion rate of 8 percent 
We don't need to go crazy for me. We don't need to go crazy in terms of chasing more shots, opportunities, and everything. I think these guys just need to pull up their socks and get the job done. Yesterday was... It was there. That game was there for the taking. If a team plays you wide open like that, you got to get the job done. We were able to get the ball to who we needed to get it to. We were able to find our guys. They just fell flat on their face, flat out. It's, for me, there's no excuses in this one. But my question is, for everybody who does believe it's stylistic issue it's uh, a game plan it's it's what we're doing you want to develop these forwards even more but i'm thinking they more often than not have opportunities to get the job done and do better they're just not able to do it what's your idea of what to change what would you change? Is it a setup style? Is it for me? We still lack the abilities in a certain position. But what would you do, Frankie? What would your change be? More. Are we talking about this season? Yeah. I, what I What just... is your change? And I challenged a lot of people to this yesterday that said, yeah. no, this is on Max. He didn't set us up right. He should have tried plan B. And I said, what plan B would you like in a game where we no, no. we won possession, we had left, we had the more bigger chance? What what would we have changed? What do you want to see change that you think would evolve our game? I I just in in this season, there's nothing you can do, especially in the last game. He he did the changes. Uh, I'll say this: I, I don't like when he pulls out on a midfield to put us a striker. I understand why he, why he did it. I don't like it personally because we are struggling with three midfielders. If you have to, you you struggle more, and you you get more of what you don't like, which is defenders handling the ball. Uh, this season, there's there's nothing else you can do. That's why I, I'm I've been saying I'm not surprised by the playing style of Juventus. I'm not surprised at all because I knew that we're going to. Uh, bite the bullet like you like to say and, and just try to get <clears throat> as many results as we can and we have been doing it so I'm, I'm happy with that I'm just saying that we shouldn't be surprised when these results come in because we're not playing sustainable a sustainable kind of football winning 1-0 winning 1-0 I, I understand we have that we we have but why? a lot of games my my challenge to everybody that says it's not sustainable, why is it not sustainable? Because for me, it's not sustainable because we're not converting. That's why it's not sustainable. That's the only reason this game style is not sustainable. It's nothing more than the fact that we can't put the ball in the back of the net on our big chances. And that's not a matter of opinion. That's a fact because we have the most big chances missed in the league. I can watch a highlight reel of goals that should be goals that these guys are not putting in. We just saw numbers dating back to a strong 2013-14 side that was only generating 
12 shots a match that had an 18% conversion rate. For me, it is sustainable if we can put the ball in the back of the net. Of course, and if, if I win the lottery, I'm going to be a millionaire, but I'm not, and I'm poor. <laughs> so at the end of the day, of course, yes, and I agree with you. Just our strikers have not been good. And not everybody want, likes to uh, talk <clears throat> crap about Blaubic. None of our strikers have been good. Everybody was throwing flowers at King. And King, yeah, he was playing good, but he was not scoring. Melek hasn't been... Uh, 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 he hasn't been uh, Hugo, Hugo Sanchez, so he's, he hasn't been scoring either. And uh, in Chiesa, he has been a, a, one of our best players, but he's, he's not a pure striker. So I'll say that about Chiesa. He's more of a winger playing as a second striker. But at the end of the day, yes, this, our strikers need to be better. I just think that the, the environment that we are creating this club does not pull, doesn't put our young players in a good enough position. And we need to think about our young players because a lot of our players are young guys. And we're not putting our young guys in the best position possible to develop, to, to, to get better. I'm, I'm just trying to say that. The, the Juventus that we had on the past didn't have as many as young players as we have today. They were more mature players, more experienced, that didn't need uh, to be that de the developing part. They didn't. Does, but we need it now. <laughs> does Chiesa look bad as a player in this current Juventus? Does he look bad as a player? Bad, no, but he doesn't look the, as a Chiesa as the Chiesa that he can be on this Juventus. I think he looks just as good. I think he's no. still a standout. He's still a standout. He makes dribbles. He makes plays. He cuts inside. For me, it's he. his quality is not on question. He still looks like Federico Chiesa. And that's not because of system. That's not because of style, everything. And Chiesa has a lot of missed chances, big chances missed to his name as well. We looked at yesterday as a game and we all, we seemingly agreed he was trying to do too much. Why do players try to do too much? For me, it's because number one, you might be lacking trust in your teammates and what they're doing. So you're starting to take matters into your, your own hands. This system and this style is not the reason for me why these guys are not standing out. McKenney is standing out because of his work rate and his work ethic and everything. That's why he's standing out. Another yeah. coach, another game plan, another game style doesn't turn this guy into Pirlo. It just won't do it. He's not that guy. Adrian Rabio, it won't turn him into that guy. It's it's not the fact. A a player will stand out no matter what the situation is. And for me, something that we've come to find for quite some time now is that um I believe our roster, and I've been saying this for years, where it, it stands financially isn't actually its true value. 
And with the young guys, I have, I'm not so much worried about them. It's the veterans that are around that need to pick these guys up and make integration a little bit easier. But for me, Chiesa, he does things in games. He still looks like the Chiesa. It's the supporting cast. It's half the time he's got to drop so far back just to pick up the ball because our midfield can't find the guy or can't move it and progress the ball smoothly enough to get this guy in his money spot, in his danger zone. Top players will stand out and top players won't go around saying, oh man, I wish we played in a 4-3-3. Oh shit, I wish we played in a, you know, Christmas tree formation, 4-3-2-1. Give me that 4-3-2-1. No, a top player is going to stand out no matter yeah, but what. It, That's just but me. It, but we don't have 11 top players. Exactly. Exactly. That, okay, but I think that the players that we have are enough to be better than we are. Inter don't, don't have 11 top players neither, but their system is better. Man, they play okay. Better. So, we are right there with Inter for big chances created. We're right there with yeah. them, and we're not, we're not there on a quality level. We're get we're getting no. They they have better quality. Of course they have better quality. But I just I'm just saying that for the talent that we have, that your that's your opinion. That you say we're not as good as we think we are. I'll say we're good enough to be better. And the results are just glow are making us gloss over the reality of our club. But we aren't playing good. God, he should not be the one saving our ass every time at the end of the game. He should not. Put him at striker then because he's got a great conversion rate. Let's go. Yeah, but at the end of the day, which are the players that are playing good? The players that are playing good are the ones that are defending type players. You talk about Kesa. I disagree. I think Kesa is a standalone, yes, but he's not the Kesa that could be. He's not the Kesa that could be if he was in another system yes we need to play with the system we have the players need to be better of course i completely agree but we cannot say that with this system our players that our players are just bad and the system is not the problem i i think that the results are just making us close over the reality that we're not playing good enough <clears throat> not be winning every game once here. I'm just saying that in, the, the, the defenders are scoring more than uh, that are attackers. And the attackers have big chances missed to their names. They got to score. They, they have score. to score. They, they, they have to score. I agree. <clears throat> I'm just that we have a, young, a lot of young players that are not being developed. And you can say whatever you want, they need developing. If you look at Federico Chiesa's heat map yesterday, it'll be, and it hasn't been like this for a while, it's more predominantly to the right side. Do you know why that is? It's because Kostic is not going to... So again, you want system, you want this, we're capable of more. Kostic has this invisible leash 
okay, that's around his neck that ties him to that byline and it does not work. Chiesa, way more on the right side. Why? Because he can play off of Cambiasso. Cambiasso is a player that's capable of understanding one-twos, attacking space, etc. That's what he's trying to cling to. Can he play off Vlaovic? Barely barely play off Vlaovic. Can Chiesa stay high a lot of the time and get the service from the midfield? Can they find him in moments when they have? No, they can't even find Miretti, even making a pass through two Genoa players. The quality, man, for me, and we're seeing it. We're seeing what Chiesa's trying to do to play off guys that can play that game. We have a very, yesterday that midfield, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I just, I can't buy into this this system. We're capable of more and stuff. That was uh, another eye-opening match for me. And that's about for this season where the midfield for me is it. We can get by, but they if, if they're all having a game like they did yesterday where our best, our best attribute out of the midfield is McKenney's running, that's a big problem. A big problem. I talked about Inter yesterday. I used that game against Napoli as an example. And I said, show me one of our players because we want to talk about them doing so much better with their system and whatever. We're right on par with creating big chances with Inter. Half chances though against Napoli. Chalanoglu, volley from the top of the area. Who hits that on this team? Miretti, Locatelli, McKenny? Not a chance. Not a chance. That's a quality strike from a guy that has a belief in his ability. Me, me, at my ripe age, Frankie, you put me there, you know what? I'm having a go at that ball. I'm having a rip because I believe in myself, brother. I believe myself. I think these guys need to pick it up. Barella's goal against Napoli. How many players on Juventus, if I watched us numerous times and I named three guys, that didn't have the balls to pass the ball to Moretti when he was screaming for it through two Genoa players, okay? Lotaro dumps that pass through about four bodies into Barella, who's running onto it, and Barella tight ropes and walks through this maze before a beautiful finish. Who on this team does that? The levels in quality are miles, miles miles apart yet we are still creating on par with them big chances so for me i'm not on the side of changing everything trying to change so much to get more if it may sacrifice some stability in what has been good for us the defense no i'm not, I'm not saying that we we <clears throat> i'm just saying that at the beginning of the changes should have been made at the beginning of the season. Not now. You cannot change now. You cannot change now. And you were talking about, we're talking about level. And, and I'll give you another example about players not developing in Juventus. Shule. Last <clears throat> season, would you think that Shule would have been playing like he's playing right now in Juventus? No. No, no, maybe, no, maybe, no, but no, not, no, not no, next no. to, not next to Dusan Vlaovic, not no, next no, to Vlaovic. No, it's not about only Dusan Vlaovic. Of course it is. If, if Milik was the striker, he wouldn't be playing that down level neither. Sule, 
I, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you. This season, we, we need, I understand that this season, we need to be solid defensively. I, I understand. And maybe we are, there are not many changes, and players need to man up. I agree. This season. But in Listen. the offseason, there should have been changes. We got to talk about Sule, okay? Because number one, I'm hyped up about what he's doing there. But let's yeah. not pretend that being at Frosinone is the fucking same as being at Juventus. Because oh, it isn't. Not. Of course. And of let's course also not. state that the goals that are coming for him, are we looking at the space that's there? Are we looking at how that... Because when the space isn't there, then if you focus on Sule's play, you see a little bit of the same of what he was doing at Juventus. Yeah, a little bit of the same. And that's why that's I say the one-twos come in big because that's what he looks to do. But if he can't do that, and this is what I'm talking about, Chiesa trying to shine a light of where he was leaning to yesterday's game, which was Cambiasso. It all factors in. It all factors in for me. There's a lot of different things. There's some that have challenged me and saying pressure. I don't believe in this pressure thing. Are you kidding me? No, that that matters. That matters. I that can go in my backyard. I got a field right behind my house. I could go take PKs all day. But if you put me in a game and you got a stadium, I'm going to feel a little bit different. Pressure is real, people. Pressure is real. I just think that there's there's too it's too easy for us to create this thing that separates um the player's accountability into more than what it has to be. At the end of the day, I ask myself this question because of what I want from a coach, what I expect and whatnot, put us in a position to win the game. And more often than not, we are in positions to win the game. Were we in a position to win the game yesterday, Frankie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think we just... There are games and there are moments where Max, I can criticize and I could say, yeah, you know what? We no, should have been just... we should have been planning better for this opponent and what was gonna happen. Yesterday, I can't I can't feel that way. And that's why I start to feel like games like yesterday, we gotta stop it from becoming excuses for these players. They have to man up and step up and get the job done. Um and there's really not a whole lot to it in a game like that that's wide open from Genoa. Credit to them, the way they played it, the way they approached it, because we couldn't match them for the energy and physicality, and that was proven in all the 50-50s that we came up short on. That's my most frustrating thing about the game yesterday. I was saying this a lot last year. The most frustrating part for me is not having that fight, not having that work rate, you know? Now... I will address this while Frankie uh, heads out for a second. B. Peloso said he wants the HAC badge next to his name in the chat. Um, obviously, that is one of the ways to support us, uh, the memberships. And today, later on, we are recording the first members chat only show okay so that is where my friend marco and supporter of the ajc is going to be jumping on he is going to run a show it's not live because we want you guys to be comfortable and everything so it's just going to be a fun recorded show but marco is literally going to be running the show and i'm going to be his guest thank you to everybody 
who has been choosing to support and picking up those memberships. We, of course, have the merch store. We do have time for Storm the Barn. This this game has really uh, drawn a ton of separation in terms of who believes its players and execution and who believes its style and its approach and its coaching. This game has created a big, big divide. But we do have Storm the Barn now. Get your questions in. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun with that members-only chat. Join the AJC Army, all right? And you can do that. Be Peloso. It has to be on a desktop, okay? You will not be able to do it through your mobile device. Uh, complain to YouTube. I have no idea why they would do that, okay? It's ridiculous. But you have to do it on a desktop. Now, let's get into it. Storm the barn. We got the first one coming in from uh, Neville. And thank you for joining us. And everybody, let's get those likes up, okay? As much as I hate it, this is not a Scudetto winning season. This was a touch grass moment for the fans. It's nice to dream, but our objective is top four. Frankie, I'm going to give you uh, this one to kick things off. Uh, well, Juventus should always strive to win. That, that That's first. If you set your goals high, then you will perform high at a higher level. You cannot be just say, we're going to just do this because that's what we can do. No. You need to strive to be better every day, strive <clears throat> higher. But it is true that at the beginning of the season, we were not talking about the Scudetto. We have a good start. We have been playing, not stylistically, but we have been getting the results which is the thing that matters the most. And and we should try to get win the Scudetto, but if we don't win the Scudetto, this should not be a, a, a horrendous season and say this was the worst season ever. Because at the beginning of the season, we were probably not a, a top three team. We were talking about uh, Napoli being better because they didn't lose. They, they, they lost Minjai, but they didn't lose nothing else. Yeah, they did have a coaching change. We knew Inter was a better team. It, it pains me to say, but they were a better team. They got continuity, and they they did well with the money they got by selling some of their players, and they made good purchases in the offseason. And and <laughs> frankly, we need we didn't expect Milan to be this bad. I, I'm 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 surprised about how bad Milan is looking. Because I think yeah. I had them fourth, to be honest. Yeah, I think I, I had I think, them fourth at the start of the year. I think they. Were, I thought they they were going to be better than us, uh, but not by a far in in the result in when we talk about results, but playing wise, style wise in the pitch, I thought they were going to be better. And and, and as much as we like to critique Allegri. It doesn't deserve nearly as much uh, as many critiques like as Pioli, yeah. Because that team is is better than us, and and they they are not playing like that. Yeah. So I yeah. I think top four is a good uh, it's a it's a good uh, objective for us this season. 
Yeah, and to say this is not a Scudetto winning season, I'm not there yet. I mean, it's a draw yesterday. Yeah, Our point's going to be dropped by Inter. Yes, they're going to be pushing hard, and they're going to have a tough goal right out of the gate in Champions League in their first knockout based on how those uh, pots set up. So uh, it could be very, very challenging right from the hop. They want to go deep in that thing. Um, I'm not writing it out just yet, okay? So... Sure, if they get the job done against Lazio, it'll be four points gap. Um, anything can happen, okay? Anything yeah. can happen. I'm not writing it off just yet. But obviously, the main objective, first objective, was always getting back into Europe for those resources. Nobody can deny that. But I don't think it's out of touch to be dreaming of a Scudetto and thinking about a Scudetto because... It can happen. We're not far off from it. We're not far no. off. This, oh. like, I mean, we're literally talking about big chances missed being on par with the Scudetto front runners. Okay, we've got the opportunities. We've got the moments. We can do this. And one of the other questions is January Mercado coming in from Alex Juve. Get a midfielder. Yes or no? Who? Yes. 1,000% yes if you can get one. If it was yes. up to me, my options are Sarmadzic and Sudakov. And I would switch to a two-man pivot and play either one of those guys up in front of the two-man pivot. And I think that would go a long way in helping us balance our game. Frankie, your thoughts. Midfielder, yes or no? Who would you like to see? I, I like Samardic a lot. I think that a, a guy like that can probably help us, especially because we, we don't have a, a number 10 type of player. And, and we don't, we're not solid in the midfield area. Obviously, the, the Pogba situation is, it is what it is. He's not, he's not coming back. I, I don't think he's, he's coming back. Uh, Fajoli situation, that's something we didn't count on. And, and that's also killing us because Fajoli was finally uh, playing uh, playing better last season. We saw the glimpse and we started to have hope with Fajoli. And and, and we sold uh, Robela, which I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, saying the facts. We sold Robela, so we have one less midfielder. And at the end of the day, we, we do need another guy in the middle, a more offensive guy, because uh, Miret is not a number 10. He's, he's, he's not been like that. I've never seen him to be that kind of player. I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's I think he's a, he has a lot of talent and he can be developed. But I think that we should get another player, more offensive style player, a player that is, like Al says, prepare to get those tough shots and be uh, be able to 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 don't no don't be scared which is the yes. problem we have a lot of players we have a lot of players that are not scared defensively but offensively we have a player a lot of players that do get scared and and uh, a guy like like that would would help us a lot i i, I totally agree with that yeah nobody is doing anything at lazio alex juve uh they stink, in uh, the words of our friend Anthony Skanka. No, but not against Inter. Not against Inter. Yeah, 
Yeah, we need no, that I, one. We need that one. Oh, my God. I'm going to be cheering for uh, the Chainsmoker and uh, Lazio. Oh, it always... Uh, man, you're going to have to take several showers that day when you have to cheer for teams like Lazio. Um, we're going to have to get to this here. Archaeology here. Would you change Vlaovic with Lukaku today, Frankie? No. No. I say no as well. Number one, because... I just I'm not big on Lukaku and never have been. Never okay? been. Um I will say this. Um if it were me, I would literally, literally be looking at a sports psychologist for Flaovic and get his head right and start getting these like I think it's all up here. And I've said this two weeks ago. For me, with Dushan, it's just all here. He's great, and he looks different when it's all going well at Fiorentina. But the, these are the moments. This is the time when you have to break through and you have to be stronger. You have to show. Let's take a look at a guy like Giroud. Like Giroud, are we saying Milan is lighting it up? But this guy scores on his rare opportunities. That is the difference between being and in this guy Giroud has been overlooked I think for a large part of his career but that's the difference between you know these top guys that can do it anywhere they go it, it's just for me it's right here with Dushan but if you offer me this right now today I still say no 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 especially with the all the off the pitch situations that he has had in his career I, I I wouldn't. I would not say that I. I have never been a fan of Lukaku. I think that Lukaku is a is a good player. I think he has. He had good seasons. Um, the the thing is, some of those good seasons were against us, so I don't appreciate that a lot. But I think Valvik Valvik uh, is still a guy that came to Juventus at a young age because he, he's a young player. We we have seen him this uh, this past seasons and we think he's uh, a very old player but he's not he's a he's a young guy and he's psychologically obviously sporting wise affected I, I just think that the mindset is not there <clears throat> but I, I I also think that all the situations around the club have have affected him and it, when he came in, he was one of the highest. He is one of the highest paid players, so that's also added pressure to him. So I, I think in the future he can be still. He can still be a very good striker. I just think that mentally he needs to work some things. Yeah, yeah. I think we can all agree on that. James Lapierre, my friend from the Vancouver official fan club, guys, show some love to your local fan clubs. Join up the watch parties. Top drawer. Would it ever happen selling Kostic and keeping Illing Jr.? So Illing Jr. came into this game yesterday as well. And uh, we saw Yildiz come into it. Which nobody, we talked about this while we covered the game. Nobody really had an effect or an impact uh, that came in. Illing has been struggling for minutes. Would this situation ever arise that you could see that we sell Kostic and keep Illing? I'm going to maybe surprise everybody because 
maybe just maybe media's talking a lot based on a kid that's not getting a ton of minutes England's always uh you know in transfer rumors and whatnot I think he might want to go home there's no contract extension it's got everything there to fuel this rumor that Juve sell I believe that there are very few players few players on this Juventus roster we wouldn't sell if the price was right I'm gonna go on that side so I'm not gonna rule i'll never rule anything out i've been burnt by that obviously we have nine more kits to give away this year because i've been burnt by that before so no more bets for a while okay um would it ever happen uh potentially i think ever i think that there is a large portion of this roster that if the offer came in juve would consider that's what i think frankie yeah, I, I I agree with that statement. I, I think there are a lot of players that can be sold for the right offer. Um, in this case, I would hope that we would sell Kostic because he is the older player and he has, we can say he has regressed uh, this season in compared to last season. Uh, what I think that Kostic is the one who is going to be sacrificed? Probably not. I think Ealing is a younger player. He's going to get more offers, and Juventus needs the money uh, to, to at least try to get other players involved. But uh, I don't know. what With, with Guntoli, you never know. He, he, he might be able to pull that off. And if he's able to pull that off, and we survived. I think that this is going to be probably the hardest <clears throat> season um, of the Allegri tenure because he's with a new president or a new general manager, we can say. Um, and Allegri was not the guy that he chose. He was the guy that was here when he came. It's going to be a hard season for Juventus in this sense. There's, I don't think Guntoli wants to play this style of football. He doesn't want Juventus to play this kind of football. And there are going to be sacrifices to in the future. And and probably Ellen Jr. is one of them. Would I want to sacrifice Ellen Jr. to keep Kostic? No. But if we're talking about just money and offers, it makes sense. I'm not so sure <clears throat> how much... Juntoli cares about how the team plays and how much it matters, just what the coach decides that and goes. I think for him, it's about just the best quality available for the best pricing and not getting fleeced. This guy works outside of Italy quite a bit, and that yes. might be a big shift for Juventus. Stop getting ripped off locally and we'll see and this is something that i said a while ago when we were talking about um we were talking about the uh deals and always being tough for juve to operate in italy teams treat us like crap and want to just take us over the coals for all the players and i said you know what if you take those deals away right now with the financial state in italy and in clubs in syria do you think that they would rather bargain and work with you or take nothing 
for me, they would start dropping their prices. If Juve says, that's fine, we're going to go over here to Ukraine or we're going to go over here and pick up this kid from uh, France or whatnot. I think it would shift things differently. And I've seen some small signals here and there about Juve trying to set the tone maybe early with uh, some of these things. And there were some rumors about certain things that were set up this past summer to strictly do that and set a tone. It'll be interesting to see, but this summer, I've been saying this next summer that's coming up is going to be a big, big one for Juventus and a big shift. I see a big shift both in resources and everything. We got room for one more. This is from Neville. Will Pedin stay next season? He's a great goalkeeper and gets no chances. He could be starting another team. He's going to get all of Copa Italia. Um, yep. You know, we got Salernitana up at first in Copa Italia. And then I believe we play the winner of Napoli. And I can't remember who Napoli faces, but it's setting up to be Juventus and Napoli in quarterfinals. Um, he's going to get all of that. But yeah, Pedin, he'll stay. And next season, he'll get more games in league and in Copa. We'll be in Europe again. Um, I think he stays. I can't see him going. And apparently, everything I hear is he's become uh, quite the presence in the locker room. And, um, yeah, I, th- I can't see him leaving. Uh, I, think, I think he stays. I think he stays because of, 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 the, of the situation. Um, I think that he is... Uh, a player that has become a vocal leader in the locker room. And also, he's a player that has been uh, also being able to adapt to a new role. And we have a lot of young goalkeepers in, in Serie A, Serie B, that can be bought for from bigger clubs. So I just don't see Perrin getting all those offers. To, to go afar and if you're going to go to a bad team or a bad situation, you much rather stay at Juventus, getting the game paid, being in a good situation, getting the minutes, because he's going to, to get minutes, not nearly as other goalkeepers, but he's going to get some minutes. So I, I think he stays. Yeah, I, uh, I tend to agree. Now, <clears throat> Obviously, we didn't get that one uh, the way we wanted to with Genoa, okay? Um, You can see from this show, live chat, and from myself and Frankie, everybody's got their own uh, beliefs, which is uh, on the players, the play style system. You know what? I respect it all. It's all uh, a matter of opinion. I respect all opinions. I enjoy the discussion and the discourse, as always. Frankie... We got to get you back here more often, brother. It was an absolute pleasure. I loved seeing you, man. I hope all is well with you. We will obviously uh, talk more in the green room here as we sign off. Everybody in the chat, you guys are fantastic. As always, absolutely lit chat today. Look, not all is lost, everybody. We can't can't jump off the deep end when a, a result doesn't go our way. We leave that to the chihuahuas, okay? Let's leave that to the Chihuahuas. Lazio is going to beat Inter. Lazio is winning this game. I'm just saying. All right. One point back. One point back. Lazio? Come on, you guys. Score more than one goal a frigging game and uh, get the job done here. Okay? 
Let's see what happens there. But even if that doesn't go the way we want to, it's okay, you guys. Okay? We got Frozenone up next. And then Sule can uh, show if he is, in fact, a Juventino. Okay? Be nice, Sule. Be nice. Um, and then we have uh, Roma to finish, right? So uh, at the end of the day, okay, <clears throat> if you, when we ask the question, in the month of December, how many points you think Juventus would come through? I said 15. I said perfect. I'm always optimistic. Everybody knows. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. wave the flag. We're, man. Juve, Fino, We're not going to say no. <laughs> yeah. Genoa draw. I don't think Roma is going to beat us. We're going to be at home there. Away to Frozenone. Frozenone is better at home than they have been away. They've been terrible away from home this season. So that's where you don't want to play them. But these are two winnable games. If we finish the month of December, okay, with uh, 13 points out of a possible 15, that is strong. That is strong, you guys. Okay. Um, yeah. especially when uh, nobody uh, really thought that Napoli game was going to go our way. No matter how the results come, good teams, strong teams find a way to get it done. For me, a little bit more support from the midfield. Okay? Midfielders, <laughs> I'm looking at you. Okay? I got the gun pointed at you guys. But strikers up top. Gotta, gotta finish. We gotta be ruthless, and that'll be the difference. That'll be the difference. Let's hope that the fl the switch flicks on, and all of a sudden we start bagging these goals. And if not, then we'll join up here on all the podcasts and hash it out and uh, go back and forth like we had today. But it was a lot of fun. Either way, I'm still excited about this Juventus because I do see some type of form of identity coming. I think we got a little bit away from it last last night. And maybe, just maybe, that's because of the intensity coming off of a run that included Inter games, a Napoli game, a game sandwiched in between there. And then this one had a bit of a banana peel feel going into it. Genoa's tough at home. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't up to uh, the requirements. Let's change that. With Frozenone and Roma, finish off the month strong, 13 out of 15 points. That's what I'm calling. You guys like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Uh, ways to support us, obviously the merch store, Super Chat, which you can get on next live since I never promoted it at the beginning of this one. Audio, get over to YouTube, subscribe. You guys, take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. Maybe we get a little bit of a treat and a little bit of slip up there from uh, the Merdazzurri. We'll have to wait and see. Take care. Until next time, as always, yes, Aldo. Fino alla fine. Forza Juventus. Ciao tutti. Yeah.